Welcome to the Relatable Finance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joseph Carl and Shane Phillips. Welcome to today's episode of Relatable Finance. One of the more interesting things about this year from a market perspective is that when looking at stocks, a very different story can be told based upon what types of stocks you are talking about. U.S. stocks have performed better than international stocks, and large cap stocks have outperformed small cap stocks. So to say stocks are up 5% for the year brings up many, many different questions. Yeah, so to put some numbers behind what Shane is saying, at the end of August, growth stocks have outperformed value stocks by over 20% for small caps and almost 40% for large caps. And large cap as a whole has outperformed small caps by almost 50%. So these differences definitely matter. Today we'll be talking about stocks, but not only specific companies, rather groups of them and focus on three areas, an index, sectors, and lastly stock size and styles, such as small, mid, and large caps, and then styles such as growth, value, and blend. An interesting thing that you'll see is how these different areas interact. Apple, for example, is used in many indices, falls into the tech sector, is a large cap company, and is growth oriented. So let's start with how we categorize individual stocks and how they ultimately fit into indices. First is size. Size when it comes to stocks is looking at the market capitalization of a company. The three main market caps we put stocks into are small cap, mid cap, and large cap. Market cap is simply calculated as a number of shares of stock that are available multiplied by the stock price. So for example, 100 shares of stock available at $5 a share and the market cap would be $500. For reference, the market cap of Apple is around $2 trillion, which is pretty incredible. For the most part, you will recognize many of the large cap companies as these are everyday names, but not many of the small cap companies. Next is that each stock will be long to a certain sector. A sector is basically a grouping of companies that are in similar lines of business. There are 11 sectors, basic materials, consumer cyclical or consumer discretionary, financial services, real estate, communication services, energy, industrials, technology, healthcare, utilities, and consumer defensive or consumer staples. Most of these are self-explanatory, but there are some companies where sectors may not quite sound quite familiar. So for example, materials, the top companies would be Sherwin-Williams, DuPont, Dow Chemical. Consumer cyclicals would be Amazon or Nike, also restaurants or airlines, casinos, hotels would fall into this category. Communication services would be things like Google or Facebook or Verizon. Industrials include companies like 3M, Boeing, and Accenture. And consumer staples would include things like Walmart, Pepsi, Costco, or Procter & Gamble, which makes a lot of deodorant and toothpaste. These are things that we're going to buy regardless of how bad or good the economy is. By breaking companies down into sectors, we get a set of companies that will be driven by similar themes and economic conditions. And depending on the particular environment that we're in, such as 2020 with the global pandemic, the difference can be substantial. For example, the best performing sector in 2020 so far is consumer discretionary up 28%, whereas the worst is energy at minus 35%. The difference between those two is 63% so far in 2020, which is pretty incredible. Then based upon the sector and the company, they'll usually be considered either a growth stock or a value stock. Classic growth sectors include technology, consumer discretionary, and communication services, whereas classic value sectors include financials, healthcare, and energy. But just to be clear, just because a company is a healthcare company doesn't mean it has to be value. Other characteristics come into play as well. Usually value companies pay a dividend and growth won't. It doesn't have to be absolute, but that's generally the rule. And I think this is a great distinction to make. 
after a company earns all of its revenue and then pays all of its expenses, it has a choice to make. It can either reinvest those dollars into the company or it can pay out as a dividend. If it feels as though reinvesting those dollars back into the company will allow the company to experience higher growth than it is already achieving, then it should do so. That would be more characterized as a growth company and given that growth, they tend to trade at higher valuations. Conversely, if the company does not feel as though reinvesting those dollars were afforded to have greater growth, then the company should pay it out as dividends, and that would be more analogous to a value stock. Value stocks tend to be more mature companies and also trade at lower valuations. So now that we know how to categorize stocks, let's discuss what an index is, which is what you are investing in when you invest in an index fund. An index is a collection of stocks that fall into a specific group or a broad category. The most common index is a broad-based U.S. index called the S&P 500, which is encompasses the 500 largest U.S. stocks. When they mentioned that the stock market was up today, most likely they were talking about the S&P 500. The three other most popular U.S. stock indices are the Dow Jones Industrial Average, NASDAQ, and the Russell 2000. We have different indices because all of these measure different things, some of which are things we went over before. A few things make these different, the number of companies they cover, the types of companies or sectors they include, and the style of company and size of the companies from a market cap perspective. The best way to think about these indexes is that you're trying not to guess which sector or style or market cap may outperform. You're generally just trying to get broader base exposure to that market. So again, that is why we have lots of indices because they all cover different things. Let's dig in a little bit further. The S&P is a broad market index so it covers all 11 sectors and it's fairly balanced from a style perspective and includes mostly large cap stocks. Companies are allocated a percent of the index according to their market cap with the largest companies getting the largest allocation. For example, the number one holding currently is Apple at around 7%. The Dow is one of the oldest indexes and date back to 1896 and only includes 30 companies. The Dow is a price weighted index as opposed to a market cap like the S&P 500. This means that stocks with a higher stock price would make up a larger proportion of the index. So for example, a stock price at 100 is weighted 10 times more than a stock at a $10 stock. A perfect example of this recently occurred when there was a stock split for Apple. Prior to that, Apple made up 12% of the Dow index, and then after the split, it only accounts for 3%. For the S&P 500, for example, which is market cap weighted, the percentage of the index for Apple has not changed. The NASDAQ is a very tech-heavy index with over 40% in technology and then large allocations to other growth-oriented sectors like communication services and consumer discretionary. It has around 100 holdings. The Russell 2000 has around 2,000 stocks and covers small cap stocks. It is also a cap-weighted index like the S&P 500. All of these have been indices for U.S. stocks, but we also have international indices as well. The MSCI EFI covers international stocks, MSCI stands for Morgan Stanley Capital International, and EFI stands for Europe, Australia, Asia, and Far East. This covers developed international stocks, meaning not emerging market stocks. The largest holdings are in Europe, Japan, Canada, and the UK. This is again a market cap weighted index and would essentially be an international version of the S&P 500. The MSCI Emerging Markets Index is another one and covers emerging markets, mainly places like China, Taiwan, South Korea, India, and Brazil. And lastly is the MSCI ACWI, which means All Country World Index, and covers stocks globally. And is about 58% US, 13% Europe, 7% Japan, and 10% emerging markets. 
The indices we have gone over are some of the most well-known stock indices, but many more exist. For example, an equal weighted index would take the S&P 500 and have all 500 companies have the same 0.2% allocation in the index. This would skew the index to more mid-cap companies and the largest companies would no longer have the highest weighting. This may seem like a trivial fact, but in reality, it does have some implications. For example, in 2020, large cap stocks have done much better than small cap stocks, so the return differential so far is substantial. All the sectors we went over have their own indices as well, and thus you can invest in a sector index. Other indices get their companies from things like high dividend yields, companies that consistently grow their dividends, valuation levels, or even based upon things like ESG, or environmental, social, and governance factors that we discussed in a previous podcast. Hopefully everyone learned something from today's podcast. There are many, many different ways to invest in today's world, and index investing is one that has been gaining a lot of momentum. Before investing though, make sure you know what type of index you are investing in, because as you now know, things such as sectors, styles, and market caps will make a huge difference. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable Finance. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at propwealth.com or check out our website, relatablefinancepodcast.com. Provenance Wealth Advisors is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services, Inc. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Provenance Wealth Advisors and Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Any opinions are those of Relatable Finance Podcast and PWA and not necessarily those of Raymond James. The information contained in this report does not purport to be a complete description of the securities, markets, or developments referred to in this material. There is no assurance that any of the trends mentioned will continue or forecasts will occur. The information has been obtained from sources considered to be reliable, but Raymond James does not guarantee that the foregoing material is accurate or complete. Any information is not a complete summary or statement of all available data necessary for making an investment decision and does not constitute a recommendation. Investment involves risk and you may incur a profit or loss regardless of strategy selected. Diversification and asset allocation do not ensure a profit or protect against a loss. Investing involves risk and investors may incur a profit or loss. Raymond James does not provide tax or legal services. Please discuss these matters with the appropriate professional. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Future investment performance cannot be guaranteed and investment yields will fluctuate with market conditions. Any examples given in the podcast are for illustration purposes only. Actual investor results will vary.